0: In order to break that fear out, I asked her to open her eyes wide and scream. She did so repeatedly, screaming out in fear. I don't want this baby! I don't want this baby! After this fear was expressed, rage against her husband and baby emerged. And she started screaming. I hate you! I hate you! I don't want you! Again and again. And after all these emotions were expressed, she felt relief and relaxed. She didn't sound dramatic anymore while she was expressing her feelings, the fear and the rage.
1: Welcome to the A Different Kind of Psychiatry podcast brought to you by the ACO. I'm Dr. Chris Burritt. Each month, We feature a case presentation, interview, or discussion by one or more of our doctors who practice a different kind of psychiatry. We are interested in your questions and comments, and I would love to hear your feedback. Send an email to ACO The best way to help the ACO spread its knowledge is by letting others know about us. If you'd like to join others and be entered into a raffle for a chance to win an issue of the Journal of Orgonomy for yourself or to send to a friend, you can do so by leaving a review. You can leave a review either on Apple or Amazon's Audible and let us know by email. We will be sending the winner issue 48.2 which includes the articles Life Without Medication by Dr. Dale Rosen, Tourette's Syndrome as a Symptom of Character by Dr. Phil Heller, and There Must Be More to Life by Dr. Peter Christ. We will be sending the journal issue to the winner next month so don't miss your chance. If you're interested in attending one of our webinar presentations, you can meet the doctors and join in on the discussion afterwards. You can connect with us and learn more at orgonomy.org or a different kind of psychiatry.com. This episode features the audio from Dr. Hosapi's webinar entitled Therapy Transforms an Anxious Woman's First Pregnancy. Dr. Hosapi and Dr. Chaska discuss the care of Anna, who was pregnant and overwhelmed with many strong feelings. Dr. Hersapi made an immediate connection with Anna and treated her differently than everyone else in a way that allowed Anna to connect with her feelings about her pregnancy, herself, and her relationships with her husband and mother in a way that changed her life dramatically. I'm always
0: moved whenever I treat a pregnant woman and help her to enjoy her pregnancy, a unique experience in a woman's life. The, the pregnant woman I'm going to talk today came to therapy because of unbearable anxiety attacks. Medical organ therapy helped her not only to get rid of her anxiety attacks and physical symptoms but also made a profound change in her whole life.
2: I I see. Well, you you mentioned anxiety. How did the anxiety show itself in your patient?
0: So there were a lot of physical symptoms, like trembling, shortness shortness of breath, loss of balance, dizziness. She also suffered of painful contractions of her uterus. Mm lying in bed made her feel restless fearful and trapped Mm. there were a lot of worries worries about almost everything that troubled her and made her feel weak and
2: helpless Mm. it sounds debilitating uh tell us what was the first session with her life
0: yes very uh, it was debilitating very much so during her first session, she was not able even to walk on her own. Her mother brought her uh, till the treatment room. Mm
2: -hmm. Wow.
0: So she she, she looked pale, and very much in trouble.
2: Oh, my. Yeah. Tell me, uh, tell me what she was like, what did she uh present is like to you what was your impression of her
0: she entered the treatment room walked for a few steps unsteadily slowly and stiffly and then she asked for my head to hold her till she lay down on the couch she complained that she felt nauseous and dizzy and she was afraid that she might lose consciousness and fall at any time. Despite her complaints, she lay on the couch in a very seductive pose, like a Hollywood starlet. Tiny and skinny, she appeared younger than her stated age. She was dressed in a very feminine way and she looked like a little pretty doll.
2: There was a real contradiction. In one uh, way she looks helpless, but in the other very put together.
0: <laughs> yes, in her well, seduction way, <laughs> seductive way. <yes>. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: what did she say about her condition?
0: She said that she felt trapped and that she felt the urge to leave the house, run through the streets screaming, freedom! <laughs> I asked her what she wanted to escape from. With tears in her eyes, her lips trembling, her throat choking up, she started talking about her stressful situation, her worries and fears. In a dramatic, almost melodramatic manner, she uh, described herself as an outgoing person with lots of friends, and it was crucial for her to have fun and meet them every day. But as nausea and dizziness started very early in her pregnancy, mm-hmm. she had to stay almost all day long in bed. Mm. She felt homebound and she was unable. To work or socialize. She was happy to find that she was pregnant in the beginning, but wow. soon doubts crept in. She felt that she and her husband were not mature enough to have a baby and that um, she was not ready, really ready, or capable of raising a child.
2: You know, I think a lot of women, a lot of Men too might have that fear.
0: Yes, she too. In fact, she never felt ready to have a child, but as the years went by and she was already 35, she decided to go ahead and get pregnant. Hmm. Her mother offered to help her, raising the child. but after a time, she wondered, is he having the baby for herself? or for her mother. In the beginning, she started talking in a soft voice, but soon the voice became tense and high pitched. And she ended up screaming, I cannot bear hearing the words embryo, fetus or pregnancy. And I hate that things are growing up in my belly.
3: Mm.
0: She started breathing rapidly and in a while, she was short of breath. Her uh, chest was held higher and higher and higher in inspiration. Mm. All of these sound very dramatic, I commented in a soft voice.
2: So how did you respond to this situation? What, what did you, what, what could you say to her or how did you help her?
0: I asked her, to lay down on her back on the couch and take a deep breath. I pressed gently her chest and asked her to deep deeply and slowly and let her herself feel whatever was there. She did so. And in a while, um, her eyes were full of fear. She had a frightened look. In order to break that fear out, I asked her to open her eyes wide and scream. She did so repeatedly, screaming out in fear, I don't want this baby, I don't want this baby. After this fear was expressed, rage against her husband and baby emerged and she started screaming, I hate you, I hate you, I don't want you, again and again. And after all these emotions were expressed, she felt relief and relaxed.
2: Yeah. And it sounded more genuine than than the previous dramatic uh, presentation, like it was coming from deep in her.
0: Yes. And she she didn't sound dramatic anymore while she was expressing her feelings, the fear and the rage.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think it's common for women to feel this way?
0: Yes, uh, I'm sure that many women have these thoughts or these feelings, but to admit to them or express them loudly, loudly, it's not that common. It may be considered a blasphemy or mm. a scandalous. Yeah. Mm.
2: yeah. How did she react to this? So was was she okay at the end of the session or?
0: After she had put into words all her worries and anxieties, and after she had expressed her feelings, she was relaxed and relieved. Mm-hmm. Her cheeks were red. He, she was breathing normally. She smiled to me genuinely. And we agreed that she should come on a weekly basis.
2: Mm-hmm. So all that emotion came out and she felt better. I mean, that's, that's really an amazing amount to happen in a first session. Yes. Uh, how did you do that? What, what did you do that allowed her uh, to express so much the first time she met you?
0: I was uh, surprised myself pleasantly. Whenever I treat a woman, a pregnant woman, I feel very moved. I feel respect for her and for Mm -hmm. her baby. What made Anna's therapy so special was that she accepted my medical authority from the very beginning. With her engaging manner, she trusted me and she was able to express her feelings and to tolerate them. So conduct emotional conduct between me and her was established from the very beginning. In addition, there were no interference from outside, like there was there were no medications or family and so on. So her therapy was flowing, and I liked that very much. Yes,
2: yes. yes. You know, it, that's so important. It's such a, an important point because uh, today, a lot of people don't trust doctors and they go on the internet and uh, often they know more than you in some ways, but uh, it really does undermine the therapeutic relationship. Yes. Um, anything else you were able to do that helped her?
0: Um, what helped her a lot is that I pressed her chest because she was holding her emotions by not allowing herself to breathe deeply. So when Mm -hmm. I pressed the chest, the emotions came up easier.
2: Yes. And there's, there's a sign of the trust because a a lot of times you wouldn't uh, touch or, or work on a patient that quickly, but she trusted you and and uh, you were able to, to help her that way. Yes. Well, what was her second and session?
0: That was why things were moving so quickly.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah. What, what happened the next time she came back?
0: So for her next session, her mother accompanied her to the front door of my office. Mm-hmm. Anna was able to walk the rest of the way on her own and her walk was steady, but still Uh stiffly. She she looked pale and her eyes were dull. And she said that although she felt better, a little bit better, she still worried about her relationship with her husband. Mm. Uh, They lived in Anna's parents' house, and her parents, took care of her because most of the time she was lying in bed. Her Mm -hmm. only contact with her husband was on on his return back from work. He opened the door of her room, asked her how she was doing and then he disappeared. That left her with a feeling of being unloved and abandoned. Mm. And she started all, but uh, still, again, although she was talking about personal, emotional matters, she sounded like a, an actress on stage.
3: Mm.
0: Once more, I commented her dramatic way, and she started crying.
2: So the anxiety was not just affecting her feelings about the pregnancy, but also her relationship with her husband.
0: Yes. Yeah. and many other relationships
2: yeah Tell me why you pointed out about the dram- dramatic way you know you could have uh, so many things you you could have addressed with her but you went right to this manner that she had of being dramatic yes. um, why you why did you do that and, and how do you feel that helped her?
0: From the very first session her character defense, her dramatic manner was identified, Anna, whenever um, she felt an emotion that was too intense for her, she became dramatic. And by doing so, she cut off her feelings. So whenever I pointed out her dramatic tone, that brought her back into contact with her feelings and she was able to feel them and express them.
2: Hmm. Wow, so the, all of this dramatic presentation isn't re- really deeply felt feeling. It's, it's sounds like it's a way to avoid feeling. Yes,
0: that's yeah. what she did. So uh, when, uh, and see our culture offers us a lot of words. We are very familiar with ancient theater, ancient tragedy, dramas, and so on. So whenever yes. I pointed this out, <laughs> I pointed this out. She was able to to feel it and being in contact of what she was doing. Mm. So when I said that to her, that this sounds very tragic, what a, a Greek tragedy. Yeah. She, started, yes. she started crying
3: mm.
0: and sobbing
3: a tragedy
0: loved by her husband. And then memories emerged from her childhood when she had the same feelings. She felt unloved by her parents and she cried and sobbed. And by the end of the session, again, she felt relieved and mm. relaxed and she left on a steady step.
2: Mm. Her
0: cheeks were red again and her eyes were bright. She was smiling at me. Wonderful. Yeah.
2: So, two two very powerful sessions. What happens next?
0: (laughs) So, for her third session, her mother accompanied her to the block where my office is located. Anna was able... To walk the rest of the way on her own. Mm-hmm. She came in the treatment room looking angry, in a strong, steady step. Her eyes were bright, and she reported again in a dramatic tone, in a loud voice this time, that she had a fit of rage against her husband two days ago. Mm-hmm. The night before that, her husband received a telephone call and he asked her permission to go to the movies with friends. She gave her consent, but deep inside her, she felt unloved and abandoned. Mm. How could he go to the movies when he knew that I was sick, lying in bed? Mm. She wondered. He doesn't love me enough, she said sounded like a little girl. Mm. The next day her mother told her that the telephone that her husband had received was from a woman. Mm -hmm. It happened that she was close to him when his telephone rang and she clearly heard a woman's voice. She accused Anna of not taking good care of her husband and their marriage.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Anna immediately felt a burst of rage in her. Her nausea and dizziness disappeared. She jumped out of her bed, took a shower, polished her nails, put makeup, and made herself attractive, waiting for her husband to return home. Mm -hmm. So when he finally came, she started to, she tried to talk calmly to him, but soon she lost her temper. And in a fit of rage, screaming out, she threatened him of a divorce and of abortion of their baby. She broke plates and glasses, which gave her a lot of release. Uh, She, She was surprised to find out that her dizziness and vomiting had turned to an enormous rage. And she wondered from where this energy came. Mm. After things calmed out, they were able to talk. He didn't have an affair. The woman who called was a colleague's girlfriend and he adored her and the child. Mm. After this episode of rage, Anna felt much better. Mm. Her nausea was uh, not so intense, and she was able to sleep the whole night very well, and the anxiety attacks were not so often and were moderate in duration. Oh, in recession, she screamed and hit and kick and expressed her rage to her mother. So that was her therapy. Th- yeah. th- well, her th-
2: mother, you know, was stirring up trouble in the yes. marriage yes. with, with yes. those comments.
0: With her uh, comments, yes.
2: Tell me, uh, you know, here in America, uh, something like that might be considered, uh, you know, throwing a... a anger fit, breaking things might, that might be considered having an anger problem. Uh, uh, How how is this handled in Greek families?
0: Well, you know that as a Mediterranean culture, we express our feelings vividly and especially rates. Mm -hmm. As you may have watched in a Greek movie, breaking place in, in front of a person who is dancing in a Greek taverna was a common habit several years ago. This is now, of course, is replaced by flowers. <laughs> so, throw, so breaking plates or glasses as an expression of rage its not that uncommon. Mm-hmm. I recall a girl, eight years old, she was in therapy with me. Hitting and uh, kicking and screaming was not enough for her. So she would bring something made of glass, like a vase or a bottle, in each session. And she would break it in the middle of the treatment room with much release of her anger.
2: It sounds like we could all learn a little bit from that. sounds very (laughs) therapeutic. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Tell me what happened next. What what happens in the fourth session and after that? Yes,
0: so uh, for the fourth session, her father drove her to my office and he remained in his car. So Anna was able to walk the rest of the way on her own. Mm, She entered the treatment room feeling angry and she looked angry. And she said, she reported that this time she had another fit of race against her mother this time. Her mother always treated her like a little helpless girl. And Anna asked her to stop it, but she didn't. And that triggered her rage. She screamed at her, I'm not a little girl, I'm not a little girl, and she broke a broom and plays and glasses again, which gave her a lot of relief and her physical symptoms, nausea and dizziness, disappeared after this episode. By the end of the session, after she had expressed her rage at her mother, in a not dramatic way anymore, but genuinely feeling real fury against her mother, she felt relaxed and relieved. She turned mm-hmm. at me, looked at me and in a serious manner, she told me that she was pleasantly surprised by the, by the way I was relating to her. She said, you are the only person that doesn't matter me. (laughs) And she felt that my relating to her in a healthier way enabled her to feel safe, to express her own feelings and be herself, not to become a, a helpless little weak little girl Mm. uh, asking for support or whatever.
2: Mm. Yes. Now, so here in the therapy, you've already gone to her relationship with her husband and then her relationship with her mother uh, brought out a tremendous amount of anger. And finally she arrives at the realization of her own part in this, you know, and the unhealthy relationship she had with her mother. And uh, then you modeled for her what would be a healthier relationship, which is one that supports her independence and, and self-confidence. Yes. How did you do that? What what enabled you to to bring about this growth in her?
0: See, um, from the very first session, when she came in the treatment room. I didn't rush to support her out of fear that she might fall. I just let her be herself. I didn't do anything. And I let her take her chances, challenging her strength. And I only offered my head when I was asked to. This is an example of how I treated her.
3: Besides,
0: I, I always felt that she was very strong because she was capable of feeling strong feelings and express them. Although my first impression was that she was fragile and very much in trouble, her nature was that she was very strong.
2: Yes. Yeah, so you didn't rush to help her. You know, it, it makes me think of uh, therapies I've seen where As soon as a person has uh, tears, the therapist jumps up and hands them a a box of Kleenex. You know, and that might be helpful for some people, but for this young woman, letting her stand on her own two feet was uh, really what she needed.
0: Right. Yes.
2: So what happens next?
0: So for the next four sessions, her father drove to the treatment, not to the to, to, to my office, and she was mm-hmm. able to walk on her own, she felt strong, she didn't feel nauseous or dizzy, mm-hmm. and she was asserting herself in her life, so for, uh, in these four sessions, she talked about her relationships with her parents. As a child, she was very often sick with the flu, with a cold, a sore throat, asthma, and so on. And their parents were always there to support the sick child. And although she was married and she was pregnant, they continued to treat her the same way. But also Anna, although she was married and she was pregnant, she felt helpless and she related to her parents, the same old way, mm. the sick, the sick little girl, to the parents that are helping her. In fact, at this period of her t- of her life, she was in her parents' house, and she and her parents were taking care of her. And mm. she realized that she didn't have her own house. She didn't have her own bedroom. She didn't have her own family. And that made her feel very angry at her parents. So during the sessions, she hit a scream and screamed that I'm not a little girl. I'm not a little girl. I'm a woman now with much, much relief. And that yeah. made her f- assert herself in everyday life and feel more independent. Mm -hmm. So um, I will tell you how she arrived for her ninth session. Mm. She drove all the way to my office on her own.
2: Wow. (laughs) That's great. You know, (laughs) so there there it is. Uh, Of course, a little girl is not ready to have a baby, but a grown woman is. And what we've seen is this tremendous progress in her uh, of growing up, becoming more confident in herself as a woman. I mean, she was practically carried into your office the first time, and now she's driving on her own. That That's wonderful. Yes.
0: And in addition, she told me she was very happy. I mean, she was smiling. She was expanded. Mm. Very happy. She told me that she had read Rent. A house to live in with her husband. And she was decorating their bedroom, their baby's room. So that's a remarkable change in her life.
2: Yes, it certainly is. She took responsibility
0: of herself, yes. And while she was um, breathing on the couch, she felt very happy. She enjoyed her breathing, she enjoyed enjoyed being alive and she felt exhilarated. So so after three months of therapy, Anna was free of her somatic symptoms and Mm. of her anxiety attacks. Mm. The first goal of medical organ therapy was accomplished.
2: Mm, that's wonderful. Are there any other issues you needed to help Anna with to get her ready to have the baby?
0: Yes, um, I helped her. I helped her to bond with her baby. She mm. was in her fifth month of pregnancy, mm-hmm. and while she was lying on the couch, I asked her to put her hands on her belly, tap one side gently and call her baby. The fetus responded immediately with an active uh, movement and Anna was thrilled. At the time, she felt very strong, exhilarated and independent. Mm. I asked her together with her husband to call their baby every day. Mm -hmm. As she knew that she was having a girl, I asked her to call her baby with the name that she and her husband had chosen. So Anna and her husband would call their little Mirtau every morning by gently tapping the belly. Mirtau responded vividly and they were thrilled. They mm. talked to the baby, sang to the baby, and Mirton was part of the family long before her birth.
2: That's wonderful, that, that's, that's just so moving. Yes. Tell us, uh, how does the story end? How, uh, what happened with the pregnancy and, and birth?
0: So Anna spent the rest of her sessions uh, making contact with her baby and we talked about a lot about birth and delivery, breastfeeding while she was lying on the couch and she was making contact with her baby. I explained to her and she was able to realize the importance of emotional and physical contact w- between the mother and the child long before birth. She was determined to be with her baby in the same room and in the same bed immediately after birth. Mm-hmm. In fact, she made arrangements in order to be with her baby just after birth, an arrangement who is not that common in a greek clinic so after when anna was in her eighth month of pregnancy she left for vacations and she stopped seeing me
2: Mm, i see you know it's it's even hard here for women to to have their babies with them uh, after delivery the the staff always seems to want to take them and clean them and test them and this and that. And they just don't seem to realize the importance of that connection.
0: Yeah.
3: Did
2: uh, Anna ever come back to see you after the delivery?
0: Oh, yes. And I was so pleased to see her together with her husband. Anna came when her baby was three months old. So she Mm -hmm. came in my office Getting her little Myrto, a happy, bright-eyed, very lovely little girl. Mm. And they, they were all smiling, making jokes, laughing, and so on. She said that she took one year off work. And she was raising her child on her own, breastfeeding her Ah. on demand exclusively. Mm. She said that she felt a deep bonding with her child and her husband just after birth. And she felt that the three of them were family. Mm. Um, And that gave her a sense of security, independence. So I was... Mm. Very satisfied to see that image.
2: Do you think that she realized how much progress she made in the therapy with you?
0: I will use her own words. What she said during her last visit. She said that although she didn't have any session, session for five months, therapy still affected her and helped her to become aware of her fears and anxieties. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: She knows that whenever she becomes dramatic or feels a a physical symptom there is always a repressed feeling in her. She Mm -hmm. tries to tolerate the feeling express it and that makes life much easier.
2: Yeah. She learned to regulate herself. Yes. And, and to recognize when she was being dramatic and, and going off. Uh, that's fantastic.
0: Yes. She, she became aware aware of herself, of, of, of her functioning, of how she stops her emotions. So that, that, that was very helpful for her.
2: You know we often talk about patients and what they feel and the growth uh, and everything what's it like for the therapist what what was it like for you to treat her
0: To treat Anna was pleasurable gratifying for me see I liked her trust her openness her um, capacity to express her feelings straightforward her therapy was flowing without any outside obstacles. And mm. I was so pleased to see her grow from a helpless little girl to a mature woman, to bond with her child, mm. to enjoy maternity. I mm. loved the way that she expressed her feelings. And whenever she was able to do so, her physical th- symptoms disappeared. Mm. And then she was able to leave her parents house where she lived as a disabled person. And take responsibility of herself. Mm. She made so many profound, remarkable changes in her life that made me feel very satisfied by her therapy. Bear in Mm. mind these two images, how she was when she first came in my office, unable even to walk, Mm. and the last picture, the three of them being so happy, and this is very gratifying to me.
2: It's inspiring. It it really is an inspiring story. Dr. Hasapi, would you be willing to take some questions from our audience today? I, I... Uh, I know they have some questions.
0: Yes, with pleasure.
2: Sure. Is it safe for a pregnant woman to hit and scream and have outbursts of rage during a pregnancy?
0: Oh, (laughs) that's exactly the question I asked my psychiatric supervisor back in middle 80s. Part of my training in medical ergonomy was to attend sessions given by my therapist. Mm -hmm. This was the first one I was going to attend. So here Mm. I am sitting in a corner trying to be invisible, all excited. And in front of me, there is this pregnant woman in her fifth month of her pregnancy, hitting and Kicking and screaming on the top of your lungs, the room was filled of rage, of heavy emotions. I was so impressed. Is it safe for a pregnant woman to feel so, to feel and express so intense emotions? I asked the therapist. Sure, it is, he said. It is a way that will help her to keep her baby. This Mm -hmm. woman had several miscarriages before. Mm -hmm. So later, her child became, was my first patient to treat.
2: (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So it's not the expressing your feelings that's harmful, it's holding them inside that, that causes the trouble. Right. Repressing them causes the trouble. Yes, it causes the trouble. Right. Here's another question: Did she sleep with her husband during her pregnancy, and did he ever come with her to the therapy?
0: No, he never. He never came with her to therapy. Mm-hmm. So talking about sex uh, in one session when Anna was breathing and she felt happy and joyful she asked me if sex during pregnancy Mm -hmm. is okay sure it is i said and she started crying because Mm -hmm. once more she felt unloved
3: Mm. her
0: husband didn't approach her sexually out of fear that he might cause harm to the baby Mm. So, this was another issue that we talked mm-hmm. about.
2: Yeah, how did you resolve that one? Did
0: um, She had to go a long way in order to realize her own fears about her sexuality. Mm-hmm. Because during the, the, that session, she, she became again dramatic, Uh, talking uh, about her husband that she felt unloved and so on and so on. And I had to stop her being dramatic. And then she was able to express her fears about her own sexuality.
3: Mm. She
0: felt that sex was dirty. The most, the more pleasurable it was, the more terrible she felt afterwards. And she Mm. felt guilty after Mm -hmm. sexual intimacy so there were a lot of issues a lot of problems that we talked about she was able to express her fears and also her rage against her mother Mm -hmm. for um, controlling her in fact once i pressed her jaw and she was furious at her mother Mm. furious and once she expressed these rage, her um, uterus contractions disappeared.
2: Ah, mm-hmm. oh, wonderful.
0: Yeah, that was amazing,
2: too. Uh, how about her husband? Were you able to help him overcome his concerns? Or did she help him? Or uh, I mean, it sounded like I he was afraid, that, too.
0: I think that her health had an impact for him because after the times didn't complain about her husband or about their sexuality.
2: So after she lost her fear, he overcame his and, yes. and, and things went, went well.
0: It went well for them,
2: for the couple. You know, uh, another question came in about, um, uh, uh, do, do the babies feel their mother's feelings? And, uh, how does that affect them? And, of course, that would include sexual life. Uh, you know, how do those things affect the baby, the mother's emotions? And... Yeah.
0: The baby feels, hears, listens, everything that he, the mother is experiencing. So it's very important for the repressed feelings to be expressed And Anna, even herself, by the end of her therapy, she was concerned if, uh, when she was uh, screaming that I hate you, I don't want you, at her baby, if that was harmful for the baby.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. But if we keep in mind how she was when she first came with all these anxieties and physical symptoms, Imagine how her baby felt. But after all these repressed emotions were expressed, Mm -hmm. how happy and expanded was the mother, Anna. So the baby... What's
2: good for the mother is good for the baby. Exactly. The the feelings, uh, and that includes sexual feelings, are are good for the mother in pregnancy and are good for the baby. Right. Uh, Another uh, question from the audience, um, they ask about the relationship with her mother, mother bringing her to therapy, Uh, you know, is that a cultural thing? Or is that, was that unusual with her to, um, you know, be brought by her mother to treatment? Uh,
0: For most of the families, it's a cultural thing. Like, as, uh, as I said before, The mother and also the father, they were there to help the helpless, sick child all all the time. So in a way, um, Anna didn't have, um, she was not connected to her husband enough.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Too much to the parents and not enough to her marriage.
0: Yes, right.
2: I think that's probably a, a near universal problem. <laughs> you know, it takes lots of different forms in different cultures. But are there any other ways that you educate parents uh, when uh, the the woman is pregnant? Is any other advice? Uh, one one person asked about um, the taking the year off and and breastfeeding our child. Do you counsel uh, uh, parents and in, in things like that in breastfeeding and breastfeeding and caring for the infant?
0: Yes, of course. All mm-hmm. these are very important for the mother and for the baby. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm always um, concerned if a mother is... Um, Um, let's say, takes care of her career more than of her baby or of her family. And Mm. some mothers are focused to work more than to take care of the baby. Mm -hmm. So in a way, they need to know that raising a child, especially the first years of their life, Mm -hmm. is a very um special rewarding experience for both the mother and the child yes and breast feeding also the child is very important
2: yeah. for crucial them. for that for connection
0: for for their emotional conduct
2: what about fathers do you have any advice for them <laughs>
0: See, I don't see that often fathers in my office. Oh.
2: <laughs> they stay out of your treatment room. Huh? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, of course, the mother's much more crucial uh, in those first years. But you know, uh, we could see in this case that there were issues with where the husband, where the relationship with the husband was important. And then at the end, you talk about how the three were a family, and of course. That's very important to be accepted and loved by the father as well as by the mother.
0: Yes. But see, during the last session, the father came too. Oh, good. Although he didn't complain about any problem, but he did come.
2: Good, good. So it seems to me that the progress in this therapy was exceptionally rapid, you know, to, for three months for her to make such strides towards, you know, growing up and becoming a woman and accepting her baby and making contact with herself and her baby and her husband and changing her relationship with their family. What can you say about it? Was this an unusual case or uh, do you see this kind of thing often?
0: It is not um, an, us- an unusual case um, to get rid of anxiety attacks or physical symptoms so rapidly. Some uh, patients who suffer of anxiety attacks, they can be so quickly um, without any symptoms. But mm-hmm. in this case, it was not only the symptoms. It was mm-hmm. her whole life that was mm-hmm. transformed.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. And that's
2: so important. It, it, it's so quickly, it reached out from just her anxiety over pregnant to her relationship with her husband, the relationship with her mother and her father and her family and her whole life.
0: Yeah. And this for most patients to happen needs much more time. Yeah.
2: Yes. That's been my experience as well. There's uh, very few that can make that kind of pro- progress in three months. And and, and, and congratulations to you. you. You did a wonderful <laughs> job you. with her. Just a wonderful Thank job. Thank you. What do, would you like to leave our audience with t- today? Is there any particular point that you would like to make, anything you uh, would like to help us understand about this case?
0: I would like to say to the mothers-to-be and to the pregnant women, that pregnancy is a unique experience in their life and can be lived with joy and dignity. And if there is an obstacle on their way, there is this wonderful medical organ therapy that can help them to enjoy, to enjoy. it.
2: Well, I want to thank you for being with us today. This was, was truly wonderful and inspiring.
1: How do you feel after listening to this case? What do you think? It's scary to think how things might have ended up if Anna had remained dependent, uncomfortable with physical symptoms, and literally unable to walk on her own prior to the birth of her baby girl. This case strikes me as nothing short of a miracle, and as Dr. Chaska said, it's amazing to hear Anna progress so rapidly and make such wonderful strides facing her feelings in therapy and at home. It was simply lovely to hear. We are interested in your questions and comments, and I would love to hear your feedback. Send an email to ACO at Stay tuned for our next episode, and we'd love to have you join us for one of our webinars. The best way to help the ACO spread its knowledge is by letting others know about us. I hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and family and let them know about our work. You can connect with us at orgonomy.org or a different kind of psychiatry.com. I'm Dr. Chris Burritt. Thank you for listening to the A Different Kind of Psychiatry podcast with the ACO. Since 1968, psychiatrists affiliated with the American College of Orgonomy have been helping patients discover greater satisfaction, health, and overall well-being in their lives. Whether patients suffer with mental illness, struggle with addiction, or feel unsatisfied with their work lives or relationships, medical organ therapy is practiced by the physicians at the ACO offers a way forward, often without the use of medication.